Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Ashley. Hello, darling. I'm good. How about you? How's your week? It's been good. Can't complain. Everyone's healthy and happy. How about you? Amen. Hallelujah. Same. I'm getting excited because I will be seeing you soon in person. Oh my gosh. First time in a... Exactly. First time in a very long, long time. I think it had to be early 2020 or late 2019. So we're way overdue. Yeah. It was late 2019, I think. Yeah. We're way overdue. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy. Yay! Yes, girl. I get to see Miss Amara. I get to see the new house. There's so yes, much. Yes, I'm so yes. excited. I'm so excited, too. <laughs> I can see these braids that's been... Um, oh, my goodness. with your neck. <laughs> Guys, update. I am feeling much better. You know Yay! what I realized? <laughs> you know what I realized the key is? Black women everywhere. Uh, to not wear my scarf. Because I was wearing a scarf. Mm. And I think because of the weight of my braids, it was just constricting my neck at night. So now, ladies, silk pillowcase all day. And we let these braids be free and live their life at night. Okay? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Hair hacks. Ashley. We have two reviews yes. on Apple Podcast. Super, super excited. Okay, so the first one, we get a five-star review from Atlas06. It says, keep it 100. I love the honesty and humor behind podcasts. So much insightful information and background on actors and characters so good yay thank you atlas thank you so oh, much <laughs> i'm feeling this person's an alpha but that's just that's just me. oh see i thought maybe he graduated i heard oh six graduated same year as me but okay <laughs> oh and i say he as if i know i don't so <laughs> our next comment comes from i don't even know how to pronounce this ashley but we're gonna try um nina sand 586 uh this comment says woman in the window so last recap specifically our last recap delora and ashley's take on this movie was spot on more than once i said yes out (laughs) loud while they're they were talking great episode ladies you rock Yes. Thank you so much. And I have to say that I've heard from one person at least that we got Netflix abused because they watched the movie after they listened to our show. So Netflix, you're welcome. Okay. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. So thank you. Thank you again. And again, absolutely appreciate all of y'all. Please leave comments, tell your friends, tell your family. 
you know, about this podcast. We would Absolutely. greatly appreciate it. Tell the corner store clerk. I don't care who you tell. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ashley, are you ready for some hot topics? Always. Let's do it. All right. Wakanda forever, Ashley. Howard University is renaming its College of Fine Arts after the acclaimed alumni, oh, I'm sorry, acclaimed alumnus, Chadwick Boseman. On Wednesday, Howard renamed its Performing and Visual Arts School after the Black Panther star who earned an Academy Award nomination for his role in last year's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is a recap. Recap we did. Yes, ma'am. Go check it out. Still Uh, annoys me that it's Academy Award nomination versus Academy Award winner, but I'm going to let it go today. (laughs) Bozeman, who graduated from Howard in 2000 with a bachelor's, a bachelor of arts, a bachelor's of art degree in directing died August at the age of 43 from colon cancer. I'm getting all this information from the Washington Post. Um, More insight here. The renaming unites Howard and Walt Disney Company executive chairman Bob Iker, who will be spearheading fundraising for an endowment named after Bozeman. Major. And it it will help raise money for construction of a state-of-the-art building on campus. The new building will house the Chadwick A. Bozeman College of Fine Arts, the Kathy Hughes School of Communication is the TV station as well. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful tribute. This comes shortly after naming the great Felicia uh, Richard as their dean for this mm-hmm. college. Mm-hmm. So Ashley, how did you feel when you heard this news? Howard out here doing big things. Let me say, y'all already got somebody in office. Okay, I just, Howard's doing, Howard's doing everything right now. Uh, exactly. <laughs> everything. Uh, congrats to this, you know, HBCU on obviously really taking the time to honor and recognize and continue to solidify the legacy of the Chatwick Bozeman. Um, the Felicia Rashad connection is beautiful because she served as his mentor yes. um, while he was a student there. And I mean, yes. Bob Iger stepping up is huge he did not have to do this obviously just because mm-hmm. you know Chadwick was a star of a Disney Marvel film and I heard he made in the article he they say he made his own personal financial contribution I mean I just yes. think overall it's wonderful because I guess this was something Chadwick fought for in terms of having the College of Fine Arts be separate from arts and sciences yes, so he protested as a student yeah for all those reasons I think yes. it's huge I, I think that he would be so happy and so proud uh, to see this done because he was working on some things before he passed away so again shout out to Howard my one sad note is that I did not go to HBCU so maybe maybe if I decide to get another degree guess what I'm gonna be looking into Howard University yeah you and I are both in that same same boat but so proud I'm not gonna lie the Walt Disney effort the first thing that came to mind is you know after 
a year of racial reckoning. <laughs> you know, it's like, let's get behind. <laughs> it's not like it's a bad look, obviously. It's obviously. But that was me being cynical. But I, the, the sentimental side of me feels as though this really speaks to Chadwick's character. Mm-hmm. The fact that, like, his performance, his work ethic, his, as I mentioned, character made it all the way to the chair of Girl. Walt Disney so much that he is an active participant in this. Yeah, is it's major. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. it's major. Again, to your point, it's not a bad look, but at the same time, he could have had just the Disney brand behind it. He didn't have to step up personally himself. So I do agree with you that I think that hopefully his connection with Chadwick on a personal level was what propelled him to be moved to make this act. And again, big things, Howard. Big things, baby. Ashley, here's our second hot topic for today. This comes directly from Vulture, this headline. Kelly Clarkson is taking over that mean lady's daytime spot. (laughs) Wow, Vulture. Basically, in this article, Kelly Clarkson is about to be the queen of daytime television in fall 2022. This really isn't much of a surprise considering she has awesome, awesome ratings Mm -hmm. and she is definitely becoming a mainstay for the NBC network because she's also a judge on The Voice. Do you think this is a good fit, Ashley? I mean, it only makes sense. Like she is the heir apparent to Ellen, uh, as has been proven by, you know, her first season in the TV programming world there, there's been the desire to try to find a replacement for Ellen for years, knowing that she was going to eventually retire. Right. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is, this announcement is really for the NBC owned and operated stations. Kelly Clarkson is an NBC syndicated show. So it only makes sense Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they can save some coins. But at the same time, I do think that across the board, Kelly is going to be pushed out and pushed up as again the heir apparent to Ellen so I wasn't shocked or surprised at all it was Mm -hmm. more so just like okay I guess everybody's ready for Ellen to go ahead and do that swan song and leave (laughs) like why'd y'all put this out so early (laughs) so two things to that the first I was rooting for Tamara Tamara Hall yeah that's unfortunately Tamara's ratings have because I let me say this on a personal level mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to see both pilots for Kelly Clarkson and for Tamron before they premiered I personally thought Tamron was the way to go I thought her show was going to do better but Kelly has proved me wrong so I don't want to take anything away from the no. success of Kelly but I again enjoy Kelly she's she comes off actually genuine i mean she does you know she has such a great rapport with her guests and stuff too that i didn't i mean i guess the celebrity thing helps right for a celebrity to talk to another celebrity you always have yeah you always have a different connection but tamarin being the journalist that she is i just i just thought that she had a stronger at least initial pilot but it just goes to show you can't go based off of a pilot because again it's kind of like you know, so back to the Tamron po- point for me, it's kind of like journalists upset when bloggers get a lot of shine, right? It's like yeah. they went to school for this stuff. Yeah. This person is a personality and they're getting all this traction. So it kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of feeling for her just a little bit. 
There, I mean, there, and there's so much that goes on to that, you know, it's not just the host control. It's about how yes. the show is produced. It's about so much. And I, I want people, I want people who are listening, hopefully to be clear about that too, that it's not like it's just Tamara versus Kelly. Of it's about not. all everything no, going no. on around it. You know what I mean? The marketing, everything surrounding it makes a difference, and guys. I have everything. to say, I've noticed for Tamron, her shows, the subjects have gotten much lighter because she has been head to head with Kelly since the beginning frankly yeah yeah so so the other piece i was going to speak to you mentioned how they were trying to find ellen's replacement for many years i remember when kelly used to guest host the ellen show you know what i mean so that they kind of made it obvious after she was guest hosting like several times and then she made the big announcement like hey mm-hmm. i'm gonna have my own show so yeah it should be interesting it should be interesting oh did you see um Yvonne. Um, I was just about to say Yvonne Orgy when she yes. came on this week and w- talked about possibly wanting to host and Ellen yes. was like well you can guest host next season. I think she would be great. I mean I'm I love comedians in in those types of platforms because I, I do agree. think it adds so much fun yes. um, but Tiffany Haddish you know has been a mainstay as yes. one of her guest hosts too so Absolutely. my only thing with Tiffany is like Tiffany you're busy baby. You're still she's, in the prime of your career. I don't think you want to slow down. Yeah I don't think you want to slow down and do a daytime talk show that takes a lot of time and it will take away her ability to do do film and everything else exactly she got too much to do right now i think to do a talk show but yvonne i don't know insecure is coming to an end yvonne like okay it'd be perfect or her new book too bamboozled by god love that (laughs) i actually am not a fan of that title but that's just me (laughs) oh I loved it. When she explained it, I loved it because she's been doing all the daytime talk show oh, circuits. Yeah. yeah. I know what it Bamboozled means. Bamboozled by Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ashley, we're going to do a few quick updates. Bitterfer apparently is going strong. Oh, There's Lord. paparazzi pictures of them going to the gym. There's a picture of Ben on the balcony smoking a cigarette and she's creeping out in the back. She was cheesing in that one picture, too. I'm like, she hair was. a little frazzled. Like, okay, J-Lo. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, did you see Diddy? Throwback Thursday. You sent it yeah. to me. And I said, oh, all the oldies are shooting their shots. Like, clearly. He is so messy. So messy. <laughs> and he just uh, changed his middle name to love, right? And you up here... <laughs> Like, well, I guess that means I'm trying to go for all the love. Okay, J-Lo, call me, girl. (laughs) Girl, Nick Cannon has a new, new, new baby mama. I can't. We're just going to go ahead and move forward with this. (laughs) Um, Myleek Beasley apologized to his estranged wife for his affair with Larsa Pippen. Messy. And then Matt... And racist Rachel (laughs) are going strong. I have not even clicked on a single article about them anymore. Same. I honestly got that news because of the shows I watch. I yeah, think it was and on E. Or I've seen like, all the headlines. Yeah. I just will, I refuse to click on an article. I don't blame you, Ashley. <laughs> If y'all have listened to any of um, our multiple episodes we did talking about them, that's why I'm no longer talking about them. I'm over it. I will say this. I feel like because there's so much pressure on that relationship, I think out of stubbornness or whatever, they're trying to make it work. 
Do you, boo-boo. Just know, Matt, if I see you on these streets, I'm probably not going to speak. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to keep it moving. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it moving, baby. All right, Ashley. If there's nothing else, it's time for the recap. Oh, wow, Delora. This is going to be a major one, guys. So please stick with major. us through this. We are entering a whole new world. Girl, literally. I was literally about to say, <laughs> literally about to sing a whole new world. Because <laughs> we are doing Shadow and Bone, guys. Season one. This is an eight episode hour-long eight episode season that dropped on Netflix back April 23rd it has been in Netflix's top 10 for U.S. TV shows since its debut currently at number nine let me give you a quick summary of the show for those who are not aware dark forces conspire against orphan map maker Alina Starkov when she unleashes an extraordinary power that could change the fate of her war-torn world this is adapted from Delora two books, Shadow and Bone, the first one, and that is actually a trilogy series, mm -hmm. and then Six of Crows, which is, yes. I learned a new word, duology series, which is a two book series, okay, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. takes place actually years post the Shadow yes. and Bone series. Both not, or all these novels rather, are by Leah Bardugo, who is a part of the show, and there are seven total, they call them Grishaverse books. So let's get into this cast. We have Jesse Me Lee as Alina Starko, our protagonist. We have Archie Renu as Mabu Mal. We have Ben Barnes as General Alexander Kerrigan. We have Bay. Yes. Bay. Oh, you talking about Ben Barnes is Bay or Mal is Bay? Ben Barnes. Ben Barnes Ooh, is Bay. I cannot wait till we get into this. Bay. I cannot Period. wait because usually we're on the same page when it comes to like love. So this will be fun. Okay. Yes. Freddie Carter as Kaz, Amita Suman as Anage. Let me say, I say all these names with confidence. I apologize if I'm saying any of them incorrectly. I'm glad you're doing it. <laughs> there is no way on this great nurse. <laughs> Some of them are challenging, but I'm here for it. Kit Young as Jesper, another one of my favorites. Uh, Sajuya Dasgupta as Zoya. Danielle Galligan as Nina. Callahan Skogman as Mateus, Daisy Head as Genya, Howard Charles as Arkin, aka The Conductor, Zoe Wanamaker as Bagra, Julian Kostkove as Fedor, Simon Sears as Ivan, and Tony Masik as Alexi. All right, let's get into these reviews, Delora. Way better reviews than Woman in the Window this week. Rotten Tomatoes, 87% critic score, 90% audience score, and Google users are back with 86% likes. So we've given all the info, we've talked cast, we've talked reviews. Laura, give me your grade and initial thoughts on Shadow and Bone season one. All right, Ashley. I gave this series a B minus. Okay. I, it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> so one of the things that our audience is going to pick up very quickly is Ashley and I love a good sci-fi moment. Okay. Yes. I mean, we've, we've talked about the magicians. 
Outlander. We um, were game. We were GOT all day till the final all season. Day until the final season. Lord. So I was game when I saw, you know, the trailer for this, right? Mm-hmm. Especially because my boo Prince Caspian was in this in this uh, movie, <laughs> who's also in another sci-fi movie I enjoyed, The Seventh Son, also on Netflix. Anyway, it was fine. What I did not enjoy. I cannot get down with the 1800 Russia get up. Mm. It is just not something that's sexy to me. In some ways, I kind of get it in terms of the war torn thing. But again, in that particular era, I just think of fallen czars and, you know, Anastasia. Exactly. And (laughs) outside of that iconic film, I'm just, it's just not my favorite aesthetic. Okay. And that makes sense because I agree that I think that that affected my grade to the look of the series. The overall look affected the tone. And, and, uh, you know, this may be a little American of me, but just understanding the words they were saying, like (laughs) the names and like, you know, I'm already introduced to this new world, but it's like, okay, these are Grishas and these are different types of Grishas. I'm not even going to try to announce or pronounce some of that stuff. And I did find it to give me Hunger Game moments in terms of the love triangle. Mm -hmm. I felt like it also reminded me of um, a little bit of um, the one with Shailene Woodley. Uh, the Divergent series. Divergent. It, it, oh, and a little bit of uh, Shadow Hunters too. So I was reminded of all those things all wrapped up in one, just in the ugly 1800 Russian get up. I think you're on par with a critics review I read on Vox. I think it was about this just really being an amalgamation of all these other fantasy YA series and movies that we've loved and Mm -hmm. they just feel like they took bits of that but apparently the books get better and better and better because the writer was a novice to start the series and then the character development gets so much richer over time so I Mm. think of all the ones we've done I am kind of really tempted to read these books because once you tell me that some books are like oh they get better and better oh and you know we've had this discussion I am down for a long series I need to get fully invested in my characters (laughs) and then um one last thing to that point i i saw the series the first time the second time when i was watching it i you know did my youtube video looked into the lore of this world that i was going into and to find there was a lot of things that were in the books that did not manifest yeah. itself in the in the show. So yeah. I'm really curious on people who enjoy the books, what their thoughts were, because I've never seen a show put two books together, especially exactly. when the timelines yeah. aren't aligned. That's and, surprising. And that was another part of that review. One of the reviewers had read the books, the other hadn't. So again, the criticism, and we talk about this with just general book adaptations. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to include everything, but in this case, yes, again, 
apparently six of crows that cat that that group of people are so much more developed and their stories are so much richer because it's later in the writer's timeline um that that's definitely a criticism but let me get to my grade real quick before i go too far down this rabbit hole of talking about reviews my grade laura almost matches yours i gave it a b plus okay and for me you had me at fantasy series right just like you <laughs> fantasy series my ears perk up but i have to say besides the alina mal dynamic which i really like i really got into uh early on i can't say that i was super invested in the mm. overall show mm. and it was clever enough to just really hold my interest throughout but it was also super confusing the first time i watched Girl, it like exactly. my, my second watch is when i caught all of the different nuances yes. all of these you know different cities were being moved into and all of to your point the language and understanding what a Grisha is and what the sun summoners purpose was supposed to be versus yes. the darkling it was just a lot for me to take in because it wasn't set up so one of the things that I'll say about mm -hmm. fantasy series mm -hmm. is I love an immediate setup of the world we're in I like explanation yes. yes because it's not normal to hear these terms when you first jump into something and that just wasn't there for me yes. so again it propels me to possibly want to read the books but it, it also just it wasn't mind-blowing and I'll have to see what season two really brings yes. to step this storyline up you know I'm glad that you said that I wanted to uh piggyback on what you were saying I was so confused <laughs> watching it the first time Girl. to the point where I became disinterested at a point because it was like I don't know where we are in, in the scheme of things, especially when you're talking about Elena and what she's doing in the little palace and the game, you know, the the crew, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Yeah. I'm Jasper like, and yes. Inez and Kaz. Oh, yeah. girl, and let's not talk about Nina and that old dude. The yeah, Mateus. Mateus. Yeah. So I was just like at, at, at one point it just became so overwhelming. I was like, it 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 became overwhelming to where I became disinterested. And so when I watched it the second time, I legit Googled sh shadow and bone lore. I had to go to this fandom site so I can get a map. So I can see <laughs> where we are, where's the fold, and why does it matter? Okay, so. Yeah, yeah. So I guess to our point, guys, you probably need to watch it twice to fully absorb That's everything that goes. So it was, because again, <laughs> That was eight hours. So well, you wonder why I only have one hit in gym this week is because I spent a lot of time watching this show. <laughs> so anyway, guys, those are our grades. B minus for Delora, B plus for me. And we're about to get into the good, good. Spoiler alert. Let's get into our actual recap. Because again, we got quite a bit to cover. So guys, we're breaking this up. Episode one, let's talk about first. So we meet and have narration by our protagonist, Alina, who feels like an outsider because of her ethnicity, right? She's half shoe, and the shoe are at war with the country she's from and born in, which is called Ravka. And they hate people that are called Grisha, which I'll get back to in just a second. Mm -hmm. She was orphaned as a child due to the fold, which is a huge, dark, and dangerous place that splits the country essentially right down the middle. Alina's bestie is a fellow orphan named Mal, who she grew up with. Alina, as we meet her, is a map maker in the army, and Mal is a soldier who works as a tracker for the army. 
The first army. The first army. So mm -hmm. there's magic or small science, as they say, in this series, courtesy of the Grisha, who I mentioned just a minute ago. These are people who possess special abilities to manipulate essentially elements around them using their hands, such as you'll hear about fabricators who make things, literally. Mm -hmm. And they actually, fabricators are possibly one of the most dangerous because they're so rare. And also mm -hmm. they have a lot of abilities that we see throughout this series. You also have heart renders and then the fabled sun summoner. Mm -hmm. So they are, the Grisha are also a part of this army, but they're considered second army. To Laura's point about first army, there's also mm -hmm. a second army. So humans on the first, Grisha's on the second. Exactly. <laughs> In this first episode, they do not waste time building up to danger, which I text you, Delora. I said, mm -hmm. oh, we jumping right into it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So due to a food and supply shortage, some soldiers are selected to escort the Grisha for a trip across the fold to a city called Ketterdam. So mm -hmm. the Grisha and the, and the army are on the east side and Ketterdam is on the west side. The only way it, to get over there is through through because this country is at war with both the north and the south so that's exactly. why they can't go around but Ashley I didn't even gather that it was a food shortage I had to rewatch the scene three times Girl, to understand because again clear. I almost put on my subtitles <laughs> I made I it through subtitles and I didn't catch <laughs> I'm just like, oh, they got to go over. Okay. Yeah. It's so, so that's, that's one of the elements in this too, that kind of makes it like Hunger Games is the fact that the people in East Ravka, they're starving. Like they, mm -hmm. when it, the fold got split, West Ravka is thriving because they have all the resources. Mm -hmm. East Ravka is suffering. So Mal is one of the soldiers chosen to be an escort on this ship. The way they get through the fold guys, they have Grisha who create a ship and then Grisha you know, have to be the ones to steer it to get through. They have to use their small science. They call it the unsee because they're on boats, but the Grisha have, um, especially the wind vendors. Yes, they're the ones who push it because it's not mm -hmm. water, it's sand, but mm -hmm. it's just the safest way to get across. And we'll mm -hmm. get to why in just a second. In Ketterdam, though, we meet Kaz, Inej, and Jasper, and Jesper, all hustlers in their own right, as I have in my notes. Kaz is the boss slash ringleader who runs a casino of sorts. Jesper... Jesper is an expert marksman with guns, and Inej specializes in knives and stealth, I guess we can say. We learn a character. We learn Inej was purchased and saved, really, by Kaz from a brothel that she got sold into as a child. They get a lead, or at least Inej does, on a mysterious job that will pay one million Kruger, which is their money, but they also have to find a way across the fold because they have to get over to the east. They are on the west. Side note, Delora, was it just me or was the actor who played Kaz a mix between Draco Malfoy and the Joker? Girl... I don't know. He had an intense face, though. That's for sure. <laughs> that, I mean, that is immediate. I said he is you know, little baby Draco Malfoy and the Joker you know, mixed together. My first mind was um, not Penny Dreadful. It's the um, it's a Netflix show. Um, he actually was the Scarecrow in mm. the uh, Batman series with Christian Bale. But anyway. Uh, 
Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, he is always very scary looking presence yes. to me too in films. He also was in that one Rachel McAdams film where he had her like on a plane and was trying to, uh, yes. you know, do her harm. I can't think of a name. I can't think of his name either, but I know exactly what you're talking the about. The Red Eye, I thought. Yes, that was the movie. Yep, Red mm-hmm. Eye. Um, but anyway, in a convo between Kaz and Co, as I'm going to start referring to Jesper Inej and Kaz, just to shorten it up. <laughs> <laughs> we learned the fold was created hundreds of years prior by a Grisha known as the Black Heretic. They need the fabled Sun Summoner to destroy it, basically. The biggest danger in crossing the fold are something that are referred to as the Volcra. Again, guys, this is why this was challenging. So many new terms, okay? Yes. So back in East Ravka, not wanting Mal to cross the fold alone, Alina destroys some maps to ensure she also goes along because again she's a map maker but unfortunately so must her entire unit. Delora was this selfish of Alina? Thoughts on this? So I also want to let our audience know especially if you haven't watched the show it is essentially a death sentence when you're chosen to go on this ship to cross the foe. Because you never know if you're coming back. There have been many that have gone and died. Yes, many do cross successfully, but it's also like flipping a freaking coin. And uh, Elena and Mel both are orphaned because their parents entered the fold and did not return. Um, I didn't think it was selfish because she really thought it was just going to be her. She didn't know her, her, you know person in command was gonna volunteer her entire group so you tell you can tell right away her relationship with Mel is important and they have this level of connection that is like you're not gonna go and risk your life over there by yourself I'm gonna be by your side because we've yeah. been ride or die since day one and you can tell at least on her side there's some glances there's some I think you want more than just friendship Alina so this is like major uh on her side for sure but I did think it was selfish I understand the desire but at the same time to not think through the consequences especially when the option is potential death I did think was selfish of her character but can I blame her at the same time? I, I don't blame her. But in the moment, I was like, that's fucked up, just to be completely honest. Uh, but during the crossing, they were instructed to keep it dark because, again, Mal's on there, Aline and her crew are on there, some other folks are on there, and then the Grisha who kind of protect the boat, steer the boat, all of that. They're instructed to keep it dark because that is the only way, basically, to not be attacked. There's one blue light. That's it. Yet a crew member, when that blue light goes out, lights a damn lantern and all hail breaks loose. Go ahead. That's the part where I also, I'm like, y'all are falling short on explaining things so much so that the Grisha in charge should have let every single person on that boat understand that if this blue light ain't on, there'll be no light. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I what's unfortunate is possibly in the lore of the show it's possibly lost a little bit that everybody is told about this fold since probably the day they were born right and so I think the yes. the thought is you know that you're encountering this super dangerous place so anything I tell you why would you not listen to like he you're the an idiot the the equivalent of Winter is coming. Girl, like you're an idiot. And that just was so 
annoying to me in the moment because I'm like, really? Immediately, this is what y'all want to do to me? I thought we was going to build up to a finale, but nope, let's get right to it. So, mm-hmm. Delora, the Volcra that was referred to earlier are large, scary, flying creatures that not only attack you, but want to eat you. And they attack immediately. When one grabs a hold of Mal, because, I mean, they're taking people out left and right. When one attacks Mal, Alina jumps in only to be grabbed herself while holding on to him. And we see her suddenly turn into a burst of light. So cut back to Ketterdam to secure this one million Kruger job. Kaz and co bring the guy who's hiring a Grisha heart render because this is what he asked for. Essentially, a heart render has the power to control someone's heart in various ways, whether that's slow you down to calm you down, whether that's kill you, whether that's influence your behavior. They have a lot of different specialties. But in this case, he needed the heart render to get information out of Alexi because Alexi was one of the members of the army crew, specifically one of Alina's mapmaker counterparts that escaped the ship while it was under attack and crossed the fold to the west on foot alone. Yeah, Ashley, at this point, really quick, it was not clear during the opening of this episode that we were on two different timelines until we got to this point exactly because then it's discussed that it had been two weeks alexi has been kept kept hostage in some man's basement for two weeks now how this man got alexi has not really ever been made clear but apparently because he's wealthy i guess he figured it out so the heart render this doesn't happen in the books either but okay he, he does die but not not by this man. Mm-hmm. So Alexi is calmed enough by the heart render to tell them what he saw, which is that there was a burst of light and it was the sun summoner, he believes, and that her name is Elena Starkoff. So he was told by the man who was holding him hostage, he would be released. Instead, he shot and killed. The man's name is, is Dresden, by the way. Oh, just the, the snarky comment of, oh, you can go free. There yeah, never no- said released. You will go free, meaning, yeah, I'm about to, and I knew he was going to kill him. I mean, that was obvious. Um, Dresden gives Kaz and Co. until sunrise to find a way to cross the fold and kidnap Alina because she is the one million Kruger job. So as a part of this first episode, we see that the ship itself that Alina and Mal and all of them were on returns as well, but it returns to East Ravka and that uh, Mal and Alina are still aboard. And then a guy named Pecker Rollins is the direct competition for Kaz and Co. for this job. And he's another kind of boss, bad boss of Ketterdam who is kind of the, if Kaz is baby Joker, he's full grown Joker, right? Like he's, he's no novice in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun, fun part in the lore I Googled to prepare for this podcast. Um, Apparently Ketterdam is a place where it's just a a city full of ruthless people. So it's a lot of gambling, a lot of backstabbing. It looked like old Vegas to me. That's immediately what I thought, especially because you set it up with like a casino type of vibe. I'm like, oh, this is like a city of sin. You know what I mean? Yep. Basically. And so, guys, we're going to move on to episodes two through four. Now, again, for the sake of time, I'm brushing over some of the smaller details so we can get you guys kind of the basics. But feel free, again, to check this out 
as we move along in case you want to cut it off and come back. So episodes two through four, Delora, in a flashback, children are tested to determine if they are Grisha by pricking them. Mal and Alina appear to have dodged it back at the orphanage so they can stay together because if you're determined to be Grisha, you're whisked away to a palace to live. You don't get a chance to stay with your friends, family, whomever. So Alina is taken to see General Kerrigan back in the present that we're in after the ship comes in East Ravka and they're aboard. She's taken to see General Kerrigan, a powerful Grisha in the army. A couple of witnesses from the ship, such as Zoya, say that she destroyed the Volcra, attacking them with a searing light. So everybody thinks now that she's the Sun Summoner, this fabled magical person. Kerrigan proves this correct when he scratches Alina's arm and light shoots out of it. Alina is just as shocked as everybody else. She had no idea. And Mal is shocked too because we see him trying to run and save her because he thinks that they're going to test her and she's not going to be who they think she is. Mal, you're mistaken, baby. So she is sent off, Delore, to the little palace against her will. The Grisha who escort her are attacked on their journey, many of them killed. Alina had to be saved by your boo, General mm. Kerrigan, who literally cut a man in half with his power. Now, it's important yeah. to say at this point, this is the first show of real power that we've mm -hmm. seen from General Kerrigan. We have not seen any of the other Grisha do such a thing with their powers. Well, the thing about uh, the general, he oozes darkness. And sex appeal, because he's a bad well, boy. Well, <laughs> But I, I bring that up because he was so hard to read. Obviously, as an audience member, I'm looking looking at him through Elena's eyes. Yes. Um, but I, he was just so hard to read because mm -hmm. it's like I don't I don't know where your intentions are. Absolutely. And he has the air of mystery that he's, I think, holding up at this point, right? Yes. And we see that he decides he's going to be the one to escort her personally onto the little palace mm -hmm. um, while explaining to her that basically their her purpose, they want her to destroy the fold. But Alina mm -hmm. is not here for it. She's like, listen, can't you transfer this power over to somebody else who can mm -hmm. really use it? She's young. She's a baby in this Grisha game. She no. doesn't know. It's also important to understand that she's an orphan and for the show, not so much the books. So in the books, she was, um, I'm assuming Russia or just not just, but a white woman or white girl. And so people criticize her because of her, her economic social status. Right. Mm -hmm. But for the show, they decided to add an element of race to it. So you know, we're which the writer has said helps to eliminate their race problem in the book, essentially. Yes. Um, so we're dealing with an insecure girl. So you're giving someone who doesn't have barely any confidence that much power. She doesn't know what to do with it. And so yeah. the first and thing she wants to do is give it away, which is 
which is what the devil wants all the time. And all she wants is to be with Mal. That's her best friend. That's her comfort zone. Mm-hmm. She. Why would you That's want to be? Yeah, yeah. Why would you want to be taken away from all that you know, right? And mm-hmm. go into something that you have no idea about. So great point. But again, she's a baby Grisha. She doesn't know yet. So uh, Pecker Rollins back in Ketterdam tries to scare Kazanko off the job, but there's some untold bad blood that Kaz has with him that forces him to continue to go forward. He said, never make decisions out of fear, only spite. So his intimidation tactics do not work. So Kaz and Co. find a man named the Conductor through a series of events to escort them through the fold into the little palace because the Conductor has this type of transport that he's created that will help them to make it safely across. Inej almost killed him initially, though, after the madam at her old brothel tries to trick her to foil their mission. Inez was told if she killed this man, she'd gain her freedom because the madam claimed he was a sex trafficker. And again, Inej and her brother were trafficked as children. That's how she ended up in a brothel. Now, it's important to note, too, Inej is the only person of Kazanko who believes in a higher power. So she mm-hmm. is not here for murder it's against her beliefs but in this case she's so desperate to be free of this brothel and this debt that she owes that she was willing to try and do it Kaz puts his club up as collateral so that Inej can come with them on the trip across the the fold despite her debts and there were some eyes although I didn't appreciate their googly eye moments um, Kaz, between Kaz, Kaz and Inej. Yes, because I feel like the power dynamic was very off because he owned her or was essentially, her. essentially. And I was like, mm, this is kind of gross. I don't like it. I just was curious, like, how their relationship started. Like, what made him see her and realize she was special? Like, there was just so much untold about... beautiful? Well, but I'm sure there's probably many that are beautiful working in that brothel, right? Like, he mentions, like, when she says, oh, there's the person I got the information from for the One Million Kruger job, she also was someone who I think you should consider taking. He was like, I only invest in one of a kind, and you are one of a kind. You know what I mean? So I just feel like there's more to that story but again we're coming in smack dab in the middle and i'm not going to get that history right now Mm -hmm. so i'll let it go the conductors grisha connect nina a heart render who he was relying on to help get them into the little palace once they got to east ravka is kidnapped by the Druskella, the same people that tried to kill Alina. They kidnap and take Grisha for trial and execution because they believe they are witches, Delora. Yes, they do. Oh, the other thing too, fun fact about the conductor, not in the book. So interesting. yeah, they created this character for the show. Well, I thought it was a good addition because he plays some vital roles. Mm -hmm. Alina when she's taken to the little palace, ends up bonding with her Grisha Taylor named Genya and mm-hmm. finds some acceptance except Zoya. She's made Bitch. to... Sh- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't appreciate that whole dynamic because 
it seemed like she called her, didn't she call her like a half breed or something like that? And I'm like, aren't you also of some foreign origin? What is this? What is going on here? Anyway, she's made to show off her abilities alongside General Kirigan, impressing the king and all the Grisha who are there to witness, right? Obviously she was jealous too. On a number of Super jealous. Yeah, super jealous. Because you think about it, she was probably always thought of as a little more special. Her powers Mm -hmm. are wind powers, so she helps with the trips across mm-hmm. the fold things like that but at the same time she also lacked respect because there is a respect that the sun yes. summoner is supposed to have yes. given her abilities that zoya just did never have for her there also we realize in this scene political motivations to get rid of the fold at least on the king's part because he talks about the fact that west ravka has been discussing becoming a sovereign nation mm-hmm. so again imagine that guys he is the king over all of Ravka in his mind. And yet because of the fold, the other side of it is really trying to make a run at independence. So obviously that's a direct threat to his power. So the king's spiritual advisor was creepy AF, but quite knowledgeable. I watched, I had to rewatch his scenes a couple times too. I actually appreciated his scenes after watching it the first time because- He offered Even a lot of insight. His delivery was weird. B-A-F. I don't know what the 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 goal was for that, but I think that's yet to be seen. I think if they have a season two, I think we'll we'll get a little more elaboration. But I think at least his purpose for the first season is to be a guide for Alina in mm-hmm. ways to understand the history because he because gives he her was asking some critical questions. Or... Yeah. Yeah, he made her think, right? Yeah, and he also gives her a book with the history of the bonesmith who made creatures from his own bones and worked to magnify the power of all Grisha by killing these mythical animals and then melding a piece of them into their bodies to increase their power. So... Only the Grisha who takes the life of one of these mystical creatures can take that power, but he's the the, powers are amplified. Exactly. The spiritual advisor is laying the groundwork for information that Alina is going to need later down the line. And for the book, I thought this is fascinating because I thought the show was pretty dynamic for choosing the way the bones are amplified. They were simply pieces of jewelry in the book yeah they made it gory in the show yeah Yeah. um alina ends up training with elder grisha bagra who apparently trains all grisha to try to learn how to harness her powers doesn't go so well uh from the jump though the conductor kaz and company going back to their storyline barely made it across the fold alive due to jesper's gambling antics because jesper always gets distracted (laughs) made them short on coal that they needed for this um, transportation that the conductor has but thankfully just for shooting skills as well as the comfort of milo the goat saved the day that was cute i, I loved i loved hit that weird relationship he had yeah. with this goat but it reminded me of people actually, who like goat yoga i was oh, like okay absolutely. <laughs> i enjoyed jasper um he was just he was a lot of fun although you know i have short short patience for irresponsible people he was definitely irresponsible his uh, distractions his distractions come out useful though as we move on later on because he's the one who doesn't 
rush to get to certain things and that benefits them at a certain point in time, which I'm going to get back to. Mm -hmm. Still on their mission, though, to kidnap Alina. They steal the blueprints to the little palace, but that doesn't work out. And they have to find another way. And they do that with an opportunity to be performers thanks to antics by the conductor. So it's basically Inej who's able to do these acrobatic uh, performances that they need. And then Jesper, who, because of his crack shooting, joins her. So Mal and Alina, meanwhile, have been writing letters to one another, but neither receives them. I put in my notes, how notebook of them. Like, all the forces conspiring to keep these two apart which was not surprising for me at all I was like they out here writing these heartfelt letters and the first time she asked if she heard from um if anyone heard from Mel I was like since your letters ain't going nowhere I think you're so too but at first I was like how do you guys deliver letters in this time period especially for him who I mean, he's a tracker. He's all he was, over the place. He was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like at least it made sense on what was the one thing where it was like birds. The birds would deliver it. You know, Game of Thrones. that's what I was thinking, but I didn't want to be wrong. And but yeah, games. yeah, like where's where's the transport? But anyway, that's that's just a small detail <laughs> to try to see Alina. Though Mal volunteers to be a part of a tracking party to attempt to find a mystical stag that General Kerrigan is after and will award whoever finds it with the trip to the little palace. And Mal at first is going to go alone, but two of his friends who are in the army with him volunteer to join him. Now, again, this mystical stag falls back into our discussion about Alina's discussion with the king's um, advisor and that whole idea of taking, killing these mystical animals to be able to amplify one's power. Alina, meanwhile, spends time with and bonds with General Kerrigan, a.k.a. now, uh, call me Alexander. <laughs> Is this a love triangle forming in this show? I believe that's what it was, actually. Um, so Do you have a team at this point? So I actually never had a team um, with this particular love triangle. So the reason why I do enjoy the general, or Alexander, <laughs> he's Prince Caspian, you know what I mean? And although he's extremely dark, this actually goes to the reason why it's like a B minus and I'll explain later. I don't think they did the best job of, uh, for me to dislike him. Okay. Well, I look forward to getting back to that as we go on into this show. Oh, and with Mel and Elena, I mean, obviously he's the guy, right? But that dynamic reminded me a lot of my beloved Hunger Games with yes, Katniss Gail. and Peta. Um, oh, I realized. Oh, yeah, with Gail. Okay, right. I was gonna the, say that's what I was thinking guy. too. Yes, yes, yes. And and the only problem with that was, you know, if you don't say nothing, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. That's yeah. all I got to say. If to that. you don't put your feelings out there, how will the other person necessarily know one way or another? And that's a great point. I definitely got the Katniss Gale vibes from their relationship, but I didn't want that to be the case because in Hunger Games, I was Team PETA. I was always Team PETA, absolutely. And, and I always feel like one thing that stories, especially with female protagonists, are good at these days, at least in this genre, is showing that 
women are able to focus on whatever their mission is and that love is not their central conflict or sin- exactly but at the same time to get chosen exactly but at the same time they do inevitably choose or find the one who helps to balance them or you know teach them things in different ways and I was just worried at first that like is it the bond of just growing up together is this really the man for you well see to that point Ashley even again going back to the wonderful Katniss and Peter relationship with 2021 eyes was it really that great because they ultimately bonded over trauma we a lot this. of trauma we talked about this in a previous podcast as well and so you know, essentially Mal and Elena bonded over, you know, the, the traumatic experience of being half-bred, quote-unquote, orphans yeah. in a foreign land. So that's where I kind of sometimes, I wasn't 100% all in with that particular couple. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Peter for me too, though, was to your point, yes, a lot of trauma, but personality-wise, he offered yes. things to Katniss that she did not possess. She, exactly. And so with Mal and Alina, I was still trying to figure that out, but am I here for it? Yes, because I love a good love story and I love the idea of falling in love young and that being the mm-hmm. one for you. All of that was just so cute. So mm-hmm. let me let me move forward, though. In a flashback, we see Alina greeted, I'm sorry, we see Alina cheated the Grisha test. She did end up taken it but she cheated it by cutting her hand because the Grisha test used sudden pain to detect abilities but since she had already cut her hand nothing happened in this sequence though when we get back to the present she loses her faith in her bond with Mal when she doesn't ever hear back from him and asks Genya to remove the scar from her hand because they were both she had the scar from cutting her hand Mm -hmm. Mal has a scar later from doing something to try to get close to her and uh, it was a moment, and I thought they did a good job showing it too. It was that moment, and he's just not that into you, you know. Yeah, I mean? you like, worry. She looks back at all the moments in time and thinks, "Oh, special." Yeah, I just imagined it all, but it yeah. also helps her to let loose in her abilities, right? Because after yes. she lets Mal go in this way, you see her kind of let loose in her training. Her her trainer said um, <laughs> vulnerability depending on another person is weak is weak yes yes yes. and this again is bagra um but thank you just as mal finds that mystical stag that he's looking for he and his friends are attacked only mal ends up surviving that scene broke my heart we see flashbacks of just how much he had always had alina's back and was there for her Mm -hmm. like again to the point of him also having a scar, he got in a fight because she got into a fight when they first kind of joined the army. And so he hits that same guy over the head so that he can join her and lock up. Mm -hmm. And my last note for episodes two through four is, what does this say about their bond, Delora, that she appears to lose faith when she doesn't hear back from him while he is fighting for his life to reunite with her? Well, that's a lot deeper than I anticipated. I feel like I feel like she would have given her life for him too, though, frankly. But I think with her in particular, she had another option right in front of her face. Oh. You got Ooh. a good look, you got a good looking man in power. Oh, man. Behind in front of you. When you got options, things, oh. things are different. Ooh. The outlook is different. Actually. Ouch. Ouch. I was devastated because I think it's the contrast, the way they set this up as again, 
you're not hearing back from Mal. And so you decide to remove the scar from your hand and kind of like, oh, I guess he really wasn't that into me to your point. You got Mal out here putting everything on the line, including the lives of his friends, everything. How is Mel alive? Because he should have been dead three times at this Girl, point. Girl, and that's the thing too. They put, they put my man's life in danger damn near every episode. It was too much yes. for me. And I'm like, they still look so young. I'm like, how old yes. are they? Like, can we stop this? So they are supposed to be teens. Yeah. <laughs> Courtesy of the lore that I looked up. I, I mean, figured they were teenagers. 17, 18 years old. Yes. Know? And obviously mm-hmm. the actors are older, but it's just mm-hmm. that whole idea of, you know, loyalty for me, I guess, bothered me because for me in this scene, again, the way they set it up, it's like, oh, ye of little faith, Alina, that you didn't think that y'all See, connection was that strong. I think you're, I think you're hard on her. I think she is thrust into this new world. Her whole heart is Mel, right? The whole mm-hmm. reason why she knows she has this power is because of him. She's pouring her heart out in these letters and she's getting absolutely nothing in return. She now has more options, i.e. the general or Alexander, (laughs) and she's trying to fit in and she's somewhat doing that. So I feel like it's more so looking forward than constantly looking back because she wasn't progressing in her training. Yeah. And I get you. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm being hard on her. I think I'm assessing her in the moment that we're in, which is again, Mm -hmm. you're showing me that one part of this love dynamic is doing the most. And the other one at this point in time feels like their connection is broken. So I'm not saying that she stopped loving Mal. I'm not saying that at all. It's just for me, again, it's like, oh, ye of little faith, I wish you had a little more faith in your connection than you did at this moment. Yes, she's going through a lot of challenges, absolutely. We're on a time crunch, Ashley. We are on the time crunch, and she was not progressing at all until she had to say, okay, let's get rid of this scar. Look at my power now. Clearly, it helped with her training, absolutely. (laughs) So let's move on to episodes five through seven, guys. So Kaz and company made it into the little palace to plot their abduction of Alina. With Kaz, he was the only one who wasn't coming in as a performer. He somehow pretends to be one of the palace guards. Still don't know how he got that off. Meanwhile, Alina starts kissing on General Kerrigan. She put on (laughs) another display of her powers with a much larger crowd at the palace this time, winning over the people who now thinks she's a saint, okay? Even Inej, who witnesses this, and again, is one who believes in a higher power of Kaz and Co., you know, really absorbs it and takes it in is like, oh, wow, okay, here's here's where we are. Yes, she's a sun summoner. Let's keep it moving. So even though he was injured going back to Mal, he insists on still going to the Little Palace because he makes it back to Army Base, all of that. And again, Little Palace is the goal so that he can reunite with Alina because now he's found the stag. He asks, he makes it, asked to see Alina before he gives General Kerrigan the precise location of the stag. But girl, my man, again, is nearly killed by a palace guard thanks to orders by Bagra, who doesn't want General Kerrigan to get the stag because of the power it would provide. So You know what it's reminding me of? It's reminding me a lot of Jamie and Claire's dynamic. Jamie's body has always been between claire and danger you're talking about highlander uh outlander outlander what is high is that a show too highlander okay outlander (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) 
Highlander, Outlander. Thank you. You know, but you know, that, that was another show where I'm just like, can this man, he, can he get some peace? You know, I told you Outlander got to be too much for me. Every episode, Claire was about to get raped. He was about to die. I was just, I was very frazzled. Show down in 2020. I had to put the show down. Very frazzled, but that's a good point. Yes. Mal's body is literally always on the line for the sake of trying to get back to this woman. So instead of trying to kidnap Alina though, the conductor attempts to kill her, Delora, and is captured. Thankfully it was a double poor Marie but he made a side deal with the general, the head general from West, mm-hmm. West Ravka that is seeking independence, as I talked about earlier. And the West Ravkin general wants her dead because he does not want the foe destroyed. Because again, exactly. that threatens them wanting their independence. His power, absolutely. So, I will say, I did enjoy that twist because I did not see that coming because I was rooting for the conductor. Especially when, you know, Inej had the knife to his neck. I was like, let's- Yeah, let's we live. didn't want him to die for sure but then you see his true colors um come out obviously in this scenario and that he's ready to do whatever for the highest bidder uh bagra tells alina the truth about kirigan because alina's off in a little room to the side kissing all up on kirigan getting booed up and he has to step away girl he has to step away because he's told obviously that there was an attempt on alina's life and so bagra comes in a little special door snatches her up says girl i gotta get you out of here we gotta hide you Mm because otherwise you're going to become a prisoner she instead decides to flee the palace but thankfully in my notes i say it was before her goofy ass did something she really regret because (sighs) delora kerrigan is actually the black heretic that created the fold and bagra is his mother they are immortal she immortals literally literally she tells alina that kirigan intends to expand the fold and use it as a weapon and also leverage tragically the volcra were actually people once they were men women and children bagra tells her devastating yes so ashley i this is what what i did enjoy about this series right i I enjoyed the shock of the conductor and I loved just being like, you know, you know, I knew Alex was dark, but his motives, at least from what he was telling Elena initially seemed pretty clear because his main goal, his main goal was to protect the the Mm Grishas. And so to think that's his mama and everything too. And, and I'm like, so sis, why were you training her then? Like what, what was your goal at this point? But, um, but again, she heard about the stag. And so it was like, oh no, he can't get a hold of this. <laughs> exactly. Cause he's our, obviously in this moment, it's like an aha moment for the audience. Cause we're like, oh, so now you get conflicted because I have yes. to tell you when I first watched it, I was initially confused about whether or not I like General Kerrigan. I was like, oh, love triangle forming. Yes. Oh, he's cute too. Oh, yep. is he going to be the PETA? You know what I mean? Yeah. All those thoughts I had. And then when this came out, it was suddenly like a shift. Cause you're like, oh, he's really this person who his motivations aren't 100% clear and his own mother is yes. saying that he has bad uh, intentions. Yes. So, so yeah. That, so for me also though if I'm clear and I'll explain a little bit more once we get further into the series I still wasn't 100% like I hate the Darkling. <laughs> I was not. Because you um, don't know whether he I, meant to do all these exactly. things he did. And yeah. Um, another thing I found out from the lore page uh, with the books, 
I guess they only called him the Darkling. So there was no gotcha moment in the books. So mm, I thought that was okay. fascinating. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Alina, as she escapes, unknowingly ends up as a stowaway in Kaz and Cole's stolen carriage. Again, this goes back to Jesper and his antics and distractions. He had been off with a little stable boy, getting his groove on, girl, and somehow, somehow is the one who's just standing around and notices that Alina hops in the carriage. Because at this point, Kaz and Cole Mm -hmm. had given up. The conductor got got taken. They realized there was no other way to get her. They at first were going to try to escort her to dinner and get her then. That didn't work out because, you know, Kerrigan intercepted, so it just had not worked out so basically somehow she just fell into their lap literally but once she once they arrive at their location she gets out and she's like listen I'm not playing captive with y'all and uses her power to get the fuck up out of there (laughs) she reunites with Mal finally in the woods Delora had been like we hadn't seen them together since like episode one or two episode two early episode two so even as an audience member I felt relief that finally they're back together and can talk because he attracted her after overhearing a combo between Bagra and Kerrigan again mm-hmm. explaining their dynamic her telling her son what she had done hey good luck finding her now you're gonna need a really good tracker yeah and you don't want to be with the guy who intimidates his mother yeah Goodness he said gracious. mother mother watch out you, you you sure you know what I'm gonna do you know he's a little crazy uh realize though during the the reuni- reuniting that they have both written each other again how notebook I wrote to you every day for a year uh and and finally have that reconnect moment that hug I felt it so at this point Delora yes I am team Mal so hard so so hard this is my frustration with their relationship dynamic um can can someone just simply say I love you Can, can can we just say it because all this Still stolen looks and oh, we're better. Because obviously you can tell they both were not capable of going the next step or the next level to level up in this relationship (laughs) because they've been friends for so long. But I'm just like, y'all, Mel, you almost died multiple times. Elena, you were held captive. You finally reunited and you cannot express I I get the frustration, but again, they are still just teenagers. And to your point, they do have this long relationship of just being friends. It can be hard to take that next step. And as somebody who I personally can relate heavily to this, because I'm not always good with expressing my emotions to people and my feelings to people, I totally can understand that. But as an audience member, I get the frustration because they said so much in their letters. But then once you get it, but that's like our era of like, you can text a whole page to somebody. (laughs) but once you get in person you you get real shy real quick so yeah sometimes it's easier to put how you feel on paper than Mm -hmm. to uh tell somebody to their face but I loved it I loved that they got back together again I felt relief when that hug came I was like oh you're so tall anyway (laughs) uh General Kerrigan and some of the Grisha tracked down Kaz and Cole looking for Alina because you know at this point General Kerrigan thinks she was taken not necessarily that she left her of her own accord necessarily because he 
the dark manipulation of it all, he was pretty positive that he had her around his penis. Yeah, again. because he thought that, listen, I've been distracting this girl with my charms. He's almost yes. van- He's almost like a vampire Ooh, in that way. Yes. Very, Seductive, very, yes. Manipulative, yes. yes. Damon on Vampire Diaries vibes for sure. <laughs> Kaz and Cole managed to survive attempts on their life by Kerrigan and his crew and end up stealing Kerrigan's carriage. But girl, Kerrigan ain't got time for it. He goes after Alina instead of worrying about them because while Alina and Mal have suddenly decided to pursue the stag, uh, he realizes this as well. Like, oh, they're hoping to get to this before me? Okay, we gotta go track these mofos down. Mm-hmm. Nina, meanwhile, because I've only mentioned Nina once before, again, she got kidnapped by the Drew Skelly. She storyline was annoying for me. So though. again, this is in Six of Crows. This yes. was not in Shadow and Bone. So again, this is why some of these storylines got so confusing because they're trying to meld all of these disjointed. yeah trying to yeah. meld all of this together but nina ends up bonding with one of the drew skeleton who kidnapped her mateus because their ship ends up wrecking they're stranded together they really had to save each other's lives her first and what i consider to be the act of we're going to show you titanic that both of them could have fit on I that piece that. of wood i felt that uh hello yes. Um, she saved his life by keeping him warm. He has to save her when she's about to fall down this massive hole that opens up. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can see the bond form because, again, a lot happens when your lives are in danger together. I will say they had the most sexual tension out of the Oh, most- I can fully imagine that they date in real life. Absolutely. <laughs> but I, would, I will say to the point of the storylines feeling disjointed, I felt that. I was like, is this some Game of Thrones type of situation? Because... For the longest time, because I joined in, you know, much later. I was not a first watcher of GOT. So me for either. me, I'm like, why am I following this blonde girl in the desert for like yeah. three seasons? You did not necessarily understand exactly. how it all comes together. And yeah. then and then yes. So it happens like, is this what we're doing too. this? Yes. For exactly. sure. At the very, very end, we finally yeah. understand the full connections. And again, mm-hmm. Nina had the connection with the conductor and Kaz and company, mm-hmm. but not necessarily Alina and Mal storyline. Exactly. Um, so let's get to this great flashback. We see the realities of the time surrounding Kerrigan's creation of the fold. The king's army were hunting Grisha due to the king's fear of the Darkling's power. And we get a little bit of this in an interaction between Alina and Kerrigan in terms of the lore, but this solidifies everything. So mm-hmm. Kerrigan uh, had a girlfriend, a healer, another Grisha. The king's men come. They are against the king's orders, really, because they're ordered to take him alive. They try to kill him. And the mm-hmm. healer's helping him, saving him. She gets taken out. They kill her. And so, you know, it seemed like Kerrigan was not trying to hurt them, but because they killed his girl, he decapitated all of them, Delora, and decided, you know what, I'm gonna need an army to protect my people because the Grisha are now being hunted down. Mm-hmm. Despite his mother's objections, he's going to use dark magic that goes horribly wrong against the king's army because he gets cornered. Again, they're trying to come and get all the Grisha around him up. You see him use this dark magic to try to use the king's army as his own army and instead you start seeing them turn into what looks like creatures and they do become ultimately the volcra you Mm -hmm. see all the darkness spew out of kerrigan's back and the fold is created 
only him and his mother appear to survive after the creation of the fold. I did not see any other of the Grisha. I don't know what happened mm -hmm. to any of them. But his initial intentions, Delora, seemed actually pure to me initially, right? He mm -hmm. wanted to protect the Grisha. He thought he had to do what he had to do. It didn't seem like he was trying to be harmful. But then a flip switch is at the very end of that, that scene because he doesn't seem too bothered after he creates, after he creates the foe. He tells his mother, I made something. So what did what were your thoughts after this flashback scene? Did you think that Kerrigan had originally intended to do what he did or that he kind of turned afterwards? Um, so this was my favorite part of the series because I absolutely love a backstory. Give me yes. a flashback. I want context, okay? <laughs> so honestly, after watching this the first time, getting this backstory knowing first of all i'm upset he got the equivalent of a post-it note of a spell and decided to run with it i mean i do know <laughs> they're at war yeah and there's de desperate times calls for desperate measures but sir really really you're just gonna be like let me let me read this real quick okay got it let me put this into action when his mama begged him she was like we do we do uh, small, small science science we do not do magic and to your point uh, in a couple of uh, recaps ago, there's always a price to magic, right? Always, always. So after watching this the first time, I really didn't think he was still that bad because I, I feel like his ultimate goal was to protect his people. Yeah. I think where it goes wrong after watching it again is he's extremely ambitious when it comes to his him wanting power and I mm -hmm. think when you're willing to do anything for power that's where it's like you have you don't have a north star you're willing to do anything and everything manipulate you know people create creatures and not bet an eye about it you know what I mean because <laughs> like, the Volker are horrifically scary yes. but I will say also I wondered if because again I agree with you I did think his intentions originally were pure but I also wondered if the magic itself is a corruptive force because mm -hmm. we've seen that in a lot of other series that Absolutely. once you dabble Especially in dark, dark magic, magic. yeah yes. it changes you fundamentally mm -hmm. so I also wondered if because he decided to go that route whatever he would have been is changed and there's really nothing you could do about that I guess unless there's something that would either take that power away or somehow lift him back into another mindset. But I think at this point, because he's been now, he's centuries old in the present that we're encountering him. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a turnaround for that, you know, as an audience oh, member. No. I feel like at this point, you know, the one thing that this show does touch upon the political aspect of it all, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Understanding your power, understanding where you are within that power. Yeah, and, and there's war. I mean, there's and war. There are war. Present. And, and so for him, after the foe was made, I feel like he has always obviously used it for leverage. You know what I mean? So he showed that, you know, the Grisha people are important and, and they need to be a part of this army. And this is the only way you can cross, you know, through the phone and all that type of stuff. You know what I mean? So I feel like he definitely, had, he exploited it and he created it. And honestly, coming back as different people acting brand new every so many years, 
that's just you know again he's a vampire in that way that is so <laughs> vampire storyline let's move forward to uh kerrigan and his grisha end up catching up with mal and alina just as they found that stag and kerrigan used mal's life once again as a pawn so he could kill it first to get its power because Mal gets shot with an arrow. His heart render starts trying to kill my boy again. Poor child was about to kill every episode. I was over it. But I ultimately, Alina has proven herself that she's going to choose Mal over anything else. So she chose him. Kirigan gets the stag and disgustingly, grotesquely forces the stag's antlers as a collar on Alina, along with a piece of the stag in his hand, which I really found quite disturbing. To your point that you mentioned that in the books, it was just jewelry. Obviously, they were going for more shock and awe in the series that they did it in this way, because mm -hmm. that antler that was sticking out of Alina's shoulders that. and it was just really gross but the point is to use it to harness and control alina's power for himself at this point kerrigan claims he wants to use it to end all wars and protect his people but again he does not say he's trying to use it to destroy the fold so this part i think i texted you and i was like elena and i did the eye roll emoji because i was like girl if you love Mel the way you say you do, you you know, you do, mm -hmm. she should have done so much more in that scene. I, I just was obviously, yes, she's still a teenager and they make awful decisions sometimes, but I felt like she didn't fight for Mel enough for me in that moment where I'm just like, you're really giving up the stag. You do realize if you went ahead and took care of that stag, <laughs> uh, you would have been able to amplify your power and protect Mel. I just feel like, yeah, she's like, you, you promised. Well, because of the way that she, the way that they portray the scene is that she felt she had no choice because at the end of the day, she's not a healer, right? And she, the, like, Kerrigan had brought a healer with him. So even if she had gotten the stag's power and amplified, she cannot, in her mind, fix Mal. And we haven't seen that the Sun Summoner does have the power to heal anybody. I don't know if that comes up later. So I think that was her mindset. But to your point, do I think she could have used her power more had she been able to control it to change everybody around? her to do her bidding absolutely mm -hmm. but i just think she's still so novice at it that to your point it is frustrating like girl you just about to let your man get whole killed out here okay you lose your man and the stack yeah. like like you could have gotten at least one out yeah of the deal. And, but he does he does hold his promise to heal to heal mal but unfortunately mal is then held as a prisoner himself well he, um, you know what he said because i at this point, so actually, I finally can talk to this piece. Okay. So the thing with Alexander or the Darkling, when he obviously has some level of affection towards Alina, but for me, it was very difficult to decipher whether or not it was him being obsessed with her power mm -hmm. or with her. Yeah. And, you, and we, we see this this type of uh trope in other you know movies and and in stories and in that moment you realize he probably does have feelings for her uh because he one of the reasons why he decided to keep mel alive is to show like hey he's gonna you know 
be here and then be gone. I'm going to be here forever. Yeah. And I so definitely, I definitely want to get to that conversation okay. in just a minute between Sorry, Mal and Kieran. Jump the boat. No, you're fine. I think to your point though, he does not see Mal as a threat because they're a real threat because he does think that he and Alina are equals in terms of what their power holds and what their power can do, right? And he mm -hmm. has never had somebody, even the healer back in the day in that flashback, she was going to age, she was going to die, yes. that he necessarily saw in the same way that he sees Alina. So I agree. I do think at this point he has feelings for her, but I think his motivations are so intrinsically linked to what she's able to do for him that I just don't yes. think that it's pure the way mm -hmm. that Mal is shown to purely love her for who she is so mm -hmm. again that's why I'm team Mal but let's move on Alina has a combo I wasn't team nobody I just I, went on for the I hear you I hear you <laughs> Alina has a combo with Genya while she's being held hostage uh who dis who she discovers made the king ill and so there's somebody else in power at the moment and is the reason her letters never got to Mal she thinks this is her girl she thinks it's her friend mm -hmm. but Genya is a loyal soldier to here again how disappointing I have in my notes but at the end of the day she feels like she agrees with what Kerrigan is saying his purpose is but she also wanted revenge on the king girl because he had been raping her for Gross. years she was gifted Gross. from Kerrigan to the queen when when uh Genya was 11 mm. so why she does not hold Kerrigan more responsible for being sold off as a kid yes you you don't get clear because even Alina you know makes that point but mm. it is disappointing because I thought this was her friend as well and you realize she's the mom from the notebook who's holding back my letters well I immediately went to Hunger Games in the fact of you can't trust people at the Capitol, okay? Mm. You can't trust people at the little palace. Except okay? for Lenny, except for Lenny. I could always trust Lenny. You think so? Rabbits? On the movie? In the oh, movie? you went back, back. Girl, yeah, yes, girl. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I can't think of his name in the movie, but y'all yeah. know who I'm talking about, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lenny. It was, Lenny, it was just, it was disappointing. <laughs> but, but again, her motivations are she's a loyal soldier to Kerrigan. So yeah. she has a point and purpose to what she thinks mm -hmm. she's doing. Exactly. So but that doesn't, that doesn't minimize the betrayal. No, you know? not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Especially because you're sitting here and you see me fully kidnapped and this is this is where we're at Read i thought i thought we was friends um bitch you ain't shit uh there's a combo that we go back to uh that you were already mentioning between mal and kirigan so again mal's being held hostage and kirigan really in this moment attempts to further set up kind of this him versus mal love triangle for elena because he's basically saying i don't have to kill you because at some point you're gonna get old you're gonna die me and alina we're in this to the death because we're both gonna be immortal she's gonna stay by my side i'll let time do his thing with you as an audience member though the love triangle for me was no longer even on my radar because of who he was and what he had done and especially once he collared alina i'm like oh you're sick right I said in my notes, who wouldn't have chosen even just a year with Mal over a thousand years with Kerrigan if this is who he is and the way that he's going to treat her because she is imprisoned. Yes. I mean, he's definitely not trustworthy. So yeah, absolutely. Mal. Let's move on to our grand finale, Delora. Episode eight. Mm -hmm. In the finale, the reason why 
Kerrigan is holding onto Alina at this point is because they're about to take a trip back across the fold to head to the west. And all of our key players are going to be on board this ship because Mal ends up escaping from his captive using Milo the goat and that bullet that Jesper had left around his neck because they bonded so heavily uh, and then snuck on board as well as Kaz and Cole who sneak on board because, again, they're trying to get back to Ketterdam, right? They're trying to get back home. Foreign diplomats are on board because Kerrigan is planning to impress with another show using Alina's power this time. Mm-hmm. Nina, we see, has become so attached to her kidnapper, Mateus, that when she's caught up with by one of Kerrigan's men, because Nina, Nina. we find out, was working for Kerrigan. Like, he knew about mm-hmm. her plans with the conductor. He knew about a lot. Yes. We don't know exactly what she does for him, but he sent someone out to look for her because he's like, I haven't heard from Nina in a while. So mm-hmm. when that that other person catches up with her, which was Thaddeo, one of the Heartrender twins, she turns on him and essentially Grisha uh, and gets taken by slave hunters to stay together and save Mateus's life. Because otherwise the Grisha were going to take him back and execute him for mm-hmm. kidnapping her. Mind you, he was knocked out during this whole exchange. Yes, because the heart render, again, to the point of what they can do, you know, put him to sleep for a period Mm -hmm. of time. So the West Ravkin general, we see plans to kill Alina and all on board once they arrive out of the fold on the West side. But they're not even given the opportunity because as Kerrigan, as soon as they approach to get Mm -hmm. out, Kerrigan expands the fold to engulf all of those people, Delora. He considered it retribution and called them traitors. Because again, guys, to our point, multiple times we've said the West Ravkin general wanted to keep the fold in place, kill Alina mm-hmm. so that they could have their independence. Mm-hmm. He tells all the diplomats on board that the fold is now his to control and he can move it as he sees fit. He can go to any city, any destination, And now there will be no more war. Everybody is going to answer to Ravka. Mal, yet again, almost gets himself killed because he decides to come up out the woodwork and try to rescue Alina without any plan or purpose. Kerrigan's heart render puts him down immediately. He's definitely just muscle. Girl, he had no, and he says this, because remember Kaz Kaz and Co. are down there with him, like Mm -hmm. underneath the skiv, as they call ships. And he's like, listen, we need a plan. He was like, listen, I've never said I was smart. Okay, so he goes on up and tries to do his thing. The heart render kills all the diplomats on board after one states that Kerrigan will not be seen as a savior for this stuff, but as a heretic for his actions. I'm sure that was a trigger. Heretic. Um, Kaz and Cole end up coming up fighting alongside Zoya, who again, we don't like, but she comes in handy in this moment because we find out Zoya has been the one leading a lot of the excavations back and forth through the fold because she has family she's Mm -hmm. been trying to visit. So she Mm -hmm. lost her family when he expands the fold. Mal and Alina end up fighting against Kerrigan and his crew. Inez tries to kill Kerrigan with a knife to the chest, but that didn't kill that man. It takes a lot more to kill him now. He expands the fold over everybody on the ship, and the Volcra begin attacking. Alina sees a vision of the stag again and realizes it bestowed its powers upon her alone. She uses that knife that Inez threw to cut the piece of the stag out of Kerrigan's hand that he had, that he was using to harness her power, and she's able to fully control her powers once again. So the heart render 
because of this, tries to kill Alina. Jas Jesper ends up killing him instead. Can't shoot a man with a pretty face, though, and I get that, sir. I was with you on that. And a fight between Mal and Kerrigan, which would have been quick if he had full use of his power. That knife to the hand effed him yes. up. Yes, yes, because you, you have to use your hands to harness your powers mm -hmm. yes kirigan ends up getting attacked by his own volcra and everybody presumes he's he's dead right because again once the volcra gets you they eat you alina wakes up in time because she's knocked out when the heart render tries to kill her mm -hmm. and is able to stave off all the rest of the volcra and get them safely out of the fold delora so there's a lot of action going on with the journey across and thankfully most of our crew make it out alive Inej pledges herself to Alina while Alina gives Kaz a necklace of the queens to help keep him quiet about her whereabouts. Because again, Kaz was not 100% that like, girl, should I still not take you back with me for this million dollar Kruger bounty that's on your head? He's like, you're very, uh, you're very valuable. <laughs> Zoya goes back into the fold to try and see if her family survived, but she warns the crew to leave Ravka and find new allies. So Alina, Mao, and Kaz and Co head off to catch a ship back to Ketterdam. Now, this is where all of our players finally meet, Delora, to your point earlier, because Mateus is now a prisoner on that same ship, and he's quite angry at Miss Nina, who he doesn't even realize saved his life. He would be dead. I did not enjoy that. Um, so that, that their storyline was frustrating for me initially because I didn't see the connection, obviously. Yeah. We're at the end though, the hot and cold, the hot and cold situation just was not fun for me. It actually caused me great anxiety. And it's <laughs> just like, we end, up, we end up back at square one. Like I've yes. done so much for you and you don't realize, and she was trying to explain to him, but he yes. wasn't here for it. Again, goes back to his old mentality and thinking, oh, you're a witch. You never, you know, you want to put me in the same position that I had you because Nina, when she was a prisoner, she was on the ship in chains yes. underneath. And that sounds like an insecure person. It too. was always, so wet down there by the way girl yes always so wet a living hell for absolutely me. absolutely <laughs> um but again they're on the same ship so we see nina come up and we see all of our crew alina she plans to get stronger to come back and tear down the fold but kerrigan girl is not dead this man at the very end comes out the fold he's injured but alive and all of a sudden he has control of these creatures this behind him for me. coming out with him he's an immortal now did it slow him down absolutely but yeah. i was not convinced that he was gone God. i don't think he was dead either first of all this is season one of this fantasy series you cannot <laughs> yes. kill the biggest baddest man yes. that easily but now i just wonder what does this mean obviously for the future and what are his immediate intentions i'm sure he has to go regroup and do what he needs to do mm -hmm. but now you know there's a lot at stake and a lot that's going to be going against him and but now he has the full use of the creatures of the fold out in yes. daylight so he's a dangerous dangerous man very much so but if you think about it he still technically has influence with the king so oh i think he? i think all of that well again the king is sick right because that was yes. his intention to get him out of power so yes. i think we're gonna see a lot of elements shift by the time mm -hmm. probably we get to season two but what mm -hmm. do you have any other final thoughts on season one before we wrap up um no i overall I did enjoy some of the twists and some of the turn, 
turns of the show. I am a visual person when it comes to these adventure stories. Like, for example, one of my favorites is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a gorgeous film, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. for this show, it was, it was a little dreary a little dark and gray <laughs> a little dark yeah. and gray yeah um and but overall will i watch a season two i'll, I'll watch it mm-hmm. depending on how well it is will determine whether or not i watch season three though absolutely i am on the same page with you i need to see where they go from here but i'm still not so invested that they cannot lose me if they decide to have a lot of shenanigans going on in season two so Mm -hmm. i agree with you i think this again was a bit of a confusing setup but once i watched it a second time i'm here for it to really explore the grisha verse as they call it and again i might end up reading those Mm -hmm. books so i'll keep y'all posted but delora i know that was a lot i know that was a lot for our listeners uh i think that's it for season one and we'll see what happens next so that's all i got today girl yay thank you ashley now it's time for hidden gems would you like to go first sure i can go first i only have one this week because again guys i had to watch and rewatch shadow and bone so my one is called you're the worst this was an fx show that is now on hulu it's five seasons i have to say i started this series years ago and finally decided to pick it back up and finish it and i really i'm glad that i did because i appreciate how they wrapped up the story if a if a show doesn't wrap up and finale the way i like I usually don't care for it. And I think that you're the worst wrapped it up so nicely and like the way that I wanted their story to end. So Mm -hmm. I was very satisfied. It is a dark comedy series, very raunchy, but I stuck with it. And I'm again, glad I did because it was a very satisfactory conclusion for me for this series. So that is You're the Worst FX show that is currently on Hulu, five seasons. Enjoy. What you got, Delora? All right. I have two hidden gems this week. The first is a Disney Plus television show called Big Shot. It is a... John Stables. Yes, PG PG show, comedy, sports, drama. There are 10 episodes, as Ashley mentioned. (sighs) John Stamos is the lead. Um, And my girl... Yvette Nicole Brown is in there too. Mm-hmm. It's it's about a former NCAA coach who is expelled because he has an awful temper tantrum <laughs> on the court and threw a chair at a ref, which is a huge no-no. So he's, you know, out of college basketball and the only job he can get is at this uh, all-girls private high school. <laughs> but it is elite girls, you know, private high school, but it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It is rich kids. Well, not, they're not all rich kids, but with it being a private school in California, as you can imagine, one of the stars on the team that, you know, is the sponsor of the gym, like to put things in perspective. So, right. Um, good fun, a lot of heart. John Samos does an amazing job. The girls are so darling um, I can't wait to see them in other, in other projects. 
highly recommend. Safe for the family to watch. For sure. You do say hell every once in a while. That's important because we have a toddler, you know. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very Disney. That's the one thing I will say. It's very Disney. I felt like if it had been on possibly another platform, there would be a little more uh, craziness to it. But it's very family friendly for sure. Yes. And my second hidden gem this week is a song that I found on my Apple Pop playlist. It is called Build a Bitch by Bella <laughs> Porch. Uh, Poach. I, I'm saying her name wrong. She's a Filipino-American young lady. Absolutely beautiful. She's actually a social media star and uh, turned singer, apparently. But the song is so witty, so yeah. snarky. Love and the video. It really brightened my day because it made me laugh out loud. So. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That was super cute. <laughs> TikTok stars got talent out here. I know, I know. And, you know, she's a very pretty girl, but she got tats and, you know, she's kind of edgy. It's cute. It's a vibe. And that's, those are my gems this week Ashley okay very nice guys well that's all we got we'll get out of here we know we ran a little bit long but love you guys appreciate you guys as always thank for you, listening thank you, thank you. we will be back next week girl Delora see ya see you girl bye